if you're a coach and you're serious about making people better, three D is the most important tool you got to get in your toolbox. Right? It's it's the only thing that truly measures how the body's moving. Video doesn't do it. It's a great communication tool, but yeah, you've got to start to measure the body. You're listening to the Golf Science Lab, where we're bringing to light research and concepts you need to understand to learn and perform at your best. I'm your host, Cordy Walker, and welcome back. This season of the Golf Science Lab, we're looking at the golf swing, and now in these final three episodes, technology around measuring the golf swing. Today, as you might be able to guess from that intro, we're talking about 3D or motion capture. There's different types of systems, different technology, different companies, all things we're going to take a look at today in this episode. If you're looking for insights into what the best are teaching and why, don't miss our upcoming Golf Swing Summit. We put together a really fantastic group of presenters who are going to share a little bit about what they're doing, why they do it, and really it's your chance to spend some time with the best in the world and learn what they're focused on. Check it out, golfswingsummit.com, and don't miss this. When we talk about biomechanics in the golf swing, one of the most important pieces of technology is motion capture. And that's where we're going to take this entire episode to learn more about it. Motion capture allows us to be detailed. It allows us to be exact. And that's very important in the golf swing. When you talk to an instructor who has an extensive experience with 3D, you'll hear them echo the sentiments that golf instructor Liam Mucklow expressed in the start of this show. It's the only thing that truly measures how the body's moving. 3D and motion capture is really a tool that you need to measure exactly where the body is moving and how. No guessing. Get accurate data. That's why we look at this. But not all systems are the same. Not everything is even measured the same. There are a lot of differences in different ways to get the job done, from types of sensors to what gets measured. We're going to start with the most common type of motion capture and go from there. We have a couple companies joining us, KVEST and Gears Golf, as well as instructor Liam Mucklow. An inertial sensor is basically just a small sensor. Uh, we're using a combination of magnetometers, gyroscopes, and accelerometers. And based on the, using those three components inside a sensor, uh, a small ICU, we basically can create a very accurate representation of what the body's doing. So... You know, the, the goal with this, with inertial sensors and with 3D, is to really look at motion in three dimensions. So we look at that very simply as bend, a forward bend, a side bend or a tilt, and a rotation. The fourth thing these IMUs can, can measure is uh, velocity, rotational velocity. So that would be like your kinematic sequence graph. So you're really looking at it both from the measurement side and then also being able to use them from a training side, which would be your biofeedback. That was Tony Morgan from KVEST. He's been with the company since the very beginning. And what we're talking about here is inertial sensors. So to paint a little picture, it might be a small, like one by two inch plastic rectangle little box. Uh, you put this sensor onto your body via a garment. And we'll have some pictures on this post to go along with this, but they're lightweight, not very intrusive, and inertial sensors are going to be the easiest to set up and get rolling with. And they're the most commonly used in the industry. I would say they are today. Um, 
just from the price point side, the the ease of use, the accuracy is getting better and better. I mean, these are really, I mean, the technology that we're using today, I mean, these sensors are are super responsive. Uh, they're fast, they're accurate. You know, you put them on, as long as you put the systems on the right way and you calibrate the right way, you know, they're, they're accurate for what we're trying to do with a golf swing. And, you know, that's what's been, I think, really successful, why these inertial sensors you know, are prevalent in the market is, uh, you know, they're just easy to use. They're small and they're super responsive from a feedback side. The most common KVEST for inertial sensor system measures three degrees of freedom. And we talked about this a little bit in our episode on the kinematic sequence, but let's get into this a bit more. The first thing, I guess, is to subcategorize between three DOF and six DOF, you know, which three DOF is going to give you all of your rotational information. So that's, um, well, I mean, KVAS would be, I guess, your most popular 3DOF system. And then you've got uh, what I would call an artificial 6DOF. Six degree of freedom just means that it also measures linear movement. So it'll tell you how many inches you got closer to the ball or slid towards the target or swayed off the golf ball. What a lot of the new systems do now is they use a high volume of 3DOF data in order to calculate six DOF movements. A true six DOF system, what I would call a true six DOF system, is one that has a global base station. So that would be either, you know, in my world, that'd be either the AMM or the six DOF KVEST. Now, uh, both of those, the hardware is made by the same company called Paul Hemus. So that's where you have uh, basically a magnetic base station that sits just behind the golfer and it emits a magnetic field. And then you have uh, electromagnetic sensors that require power, you know, that basically transmit the information to, through the base station with both the rotational and the linear movements. Liam mentioned this electromagnetic system that measures six degrees of freedom. This is our second type of motion capture system. To have an electromagnetic system, you've got to create an electromagnetic field. Now, that sounds kind of complicated, and I know the first time I started using 6D, I'm like, I have no idea what that is. But basically, we just set up a small box right behind the player. So imagine someone set up to a golf ball right behind their, their backside, behind their belt. There'd be this little four-inch by four-inch box sitting on a tripod. That box is basically creating a field, and what we call an electromagnetic field. And the reason that box is there is that when a player then puts on this system, the electromagnetic system, which is very somewhat similar to 3D, the only difference is it's got some small cables uh, about the size of an iPhone charging cable coming from each, each one of the three sensors to a little pack down on the hip. So basically, you've got sensors on your pelvis, your upper body, your lead hand, what have you. But those sensors are now being tracked within this field. So basically, if you think of 3D, like we explained earlier, like if I took this electromagnetic sensor out, it's smaller. It's a little bit smaller than, than our other sensor. But if I tip it forward, it's measuring bend, it's measuring side bend, it's measuring rotation. But because we've got this field around the player now coming from this box, now what's great is it's actually tracking lateral movement side to side, front and back and up and down within this field. So this is great, like if, you know, golf coaches say, hey, you know, my 
I, I see my player in the backswing there. It seems like they're kind of moving off the golf ball. Their head's moving or they're swaying. You know, now we can actually measure those things, the sways, the slides, the thrust back and forward, the lifts up and down. We're actually tracking that now within that field. So the technology of electromagnetic is allowing us to track position. We're then taking that information, running it into our software. We can do it either wired or unwired. We can do it both ways. Then it runs through our algorithms. Once it goes through our algorithms, then we're able to say, hey, Johnny swayed three inches in his backswing. But the great thing with electromagnetic then is then you could program in a drill and say, you know what? I only want him to move this much. And then he could get the auditory tones when his pelvis or lower body stays maybe more stable versus having more lateral shift away from the target. So the great thing with electromagnetic is you've got this field you're tracking the sensors within, but it really stays accurate over a long period of time. So not only can you do the measurement and the assessment to say, oh, the reason you're hitting the ball fat is we're getting a sway off the ball. But with electromagnetic systems, you can actually go in and you can do that live biofeedback on both 3D as well as 6D to really get the player learning those movements, those new movements in less time. So an electromagnetic system works differently and it looks a little differently, but it can measure six degrees of freedom and provide an instructor with more valuable data on the golf swing. I like what Dr. Greg Rose said at the uh at the World Golf Fitness Summit last year, he said, hey, when you're looking at 6D, it's almost like you take the sensor and you're, you've got to get the player to swallow it. It's like we got to get that sensor inside the center of the body to actually measure, accurately measure 6D motion. So since that sensor is sitting on, let's say, the back of the pelvis on the sacrum, we now go through this digitizing process. We actually use the hand sensor. We digitize eight bony landmarks on the body, some very specific joints and landmarks so that we can virtually move those sensors inside the body. So even though the sensors on the outside, by the time you get done with the digitizing process, the sensor virtually moves inside the center of the body. And that's what makes then the sway graphs or the, or your lifts, your sways, your thrusts more accurate. One question I think worth discussing is how often do you need that much data? When do you use a three degrees of free system? When do you use a six degrees of freedom system? What's the practical use of these different technologies? I'd say that's the most important question for people to find the answer to if they're in the market for a 3D system, you know, be it coaches or consumers. I would say that I use 3D day in, day out as a, uh, as a feedback system. So, you know, that's something as simple as setting up a, an acceptable range of address posture for someone, you know, and, and I'll have the biofeedback tones on. So all they have to do is just make sure that they're in the right positions. They'll, they'll hear a tone, you know, they know that they're bent over enough or not too much, they're not standing up too tall, simple, simple stuff, but they just know to start their backswing when they hear that tone, you know, and that type of feedback is just shown to me to be far more effective for, you know, for expediting the learning process as opposed to me just, you know, talking them through it using video. It's, uh, so that, that's my usual day-to-day -day usage. And then, you know, I also do, I do a reasonable amount of assessment work over the course of the year as well. You know, and that's where I'm going to look at getting more, uh, more into full body or using sixed off systems, things that take a little longer to set up, take a little bit longer to calibrate, give you an awful lot more information 
So if I'm going to be building a program for someone or, you know, I've been brought in by their golf coach to do some diagnostics, I'm going to want to get, I'll say, just more information. So Liam uses biofeedback from a three degrees of freedom system on a regular basis. The KVS system with inertial sensors makes this really easy, simple to set up and get rolling with. And then he'll use his six degrees of freedom system or the electromagnetic system for more assessments. And by no means does that mean that you can't get enough data from a three degrees of freedom system. In fact, you can get tons and tons of data and it's most likely more than enough for the majority of golfers and instructors because it takes an expert to really figure this stuff out. Like we've talked about over this season, it takes time, it takes research, and it takes study and a really good understanding to take a lot of data, to take a lot of concepts and distill it down simply enough for a student to get good feedback to make changes. We still have one more system to talk about that provides even more data it's one that you've probably seen some visuals from lately as it's an incredible way to look at the golf swing. It's called an optical system. And the company we're talking with is Michael Neff from Gears Golf. Gears is an eight camera. There's eight high-speed cameras that basically surround the golfer. You can use more, but for the golf swing, uh, eight cameras is, is plenty for the amount of markers that we use. And Gears is unique in that it's an optical tracking system. It's not an inertial system where it uses microwave or a gyroscope that you have like in your phone, but it's an absolute uh, optical tracking system. And the benefit of optical tracking systems is that, as you can see, like we put those little markers on the golf club and we put them on the body. And we, if there's eight cameras, basically, that gives us enough cameras to where we can see the center of that marker at all times during the golf swing. So that's why we use eight cameras and not three cameras or eight cameras instead of two cameras. So in order to basically see the entire golf swing, you need to have cameras looking at it from all these different angles. And that's, that's how we know where zero is. And one thing that's unique about gears and optical tracking systems is that there's no drift. Drift is probably the best word to use that, where we actually know where zero is, and we know where zero is at all times during the, the capture. So it is the most accurate way to measure movement, and that's why optical tracking systems are used in gate labs at research universities, at hospitals. Optical tracking is widely regarded as the most accurate way to capture movement the downside of optical is it's expensive. So you have eight cameras, the cameras aren't cheap. And, um, but if you want accuracy and you want to see really what's going on, optical is, is clearly the most accurate way to measure that. So if you've ever watched uh, like Tiger Woods getting his swing captured for the Tiger Woods video game back in the day, or really any athlete getting their movement captured for video games, that was on a system like this. And in fact, this company that Gears comes from provides optical systems for EA Sports, movie animation, NASA. They all use the same cameras as in a Gears system. So you have a bunch of little white balls all over the body or on the clothes that they're wearing. And this is captured via high-speed cameras, which then create this 3D motion capture. So there's about 26 markers that go on the body 
There are several other marker sets that are used for biomechanics measurements if one wants to go do a deep dive into that. But, you know, for our, our setup, our golfs, our standard gears setup, there's 26 markers that go all over the body. And then there's six markers that go on the club. And we've engineered that in a way so that it, it's only adding about one swing weight to the club. And um, there's a little shaft clip that just kind of clips right on the shaft beneath the grip. And then we put three uh, markers on the head itself, on the crown of the head or behind the head. The reason why we've gone to all this trouble to be able to attach the body to the club is that we now know what the body is doing to the grip. You know, what are the wrists doing to the grip and what is that doing to the shaft and what is that doing to the head and where is that causing the ball to be touched on the face and being able to connect all those dots really helps us answer questions that we simply cannot see with the naked eye. I spent the day with Mike Weir last week and Mike Weir basically hits is struggling driving the ball as much as ever and great wedge player, great putter just historically has been a, a poor driver of the golf ball. And basically I, you know, I, we put him on the system and sure enough, basically about, seven to 10 millimeters from the center of mass of the golf club is where he's hitting the golf ball every time on the driver. So he can never get his smash data high. If he's going to hit a draw, the ball is going to go straight because of gear effect. If he hits it in the middle, it'll draw. And if he wants to hit a cut, if he hits it off the heel, it will slice. If he hits it from the middle, it will cut. But it's very hard to diagnose what's happening. All we know is that he's uh, with radar, it's very high diagnosed to, hap- to diagnose what's really happening there. So knowing where the ball's being touched on the face, knowing what the shaft is doing to influence that position on the face, and knowing what the body's doing to that, what, what the body's doing to cause those things to happen, is really what is missing from golf and, and golf instruction. So Mike Weir's instructor is basically he hits the same spot on the face over and over and over again, right? But he's hitting it in the heel and his instructor is doing a great job with him, right? So if you're hitting the same spot on the face, no matter where you're hitting it, you're doing a good job as a teacher. You're doing, you're doing exactly what you should as a teacher. You cannot track the center of a sticker. The only way that you can find true center of a moving object is to find the center of it. And that's why we have to use a ball. So we know exactly within 0.2 millimeters, which is the thickness of a piece of paper, we know where the ball is being touched on the face. And that is why gears is so important. And and it it answers so many questions that the other technologies can't answer. What caused that ball to hook? Was it gear effect? Was it lie angle? Or was it the leading edge being closed? What gears can do is we found that a lot of good players, basically, they move their body around to compensate for their equipment and vice versa. And there's a lot of good players that are playing with stuff that doesn't fit them, but they've learned how to use it. And that doesn't mean that we need to change their equipment either. Because if they're, if they're manipulating the golf club to hit a straight ball, and they do that consistently, 
and they're winning tournaments, why would you change that? A good example of this would be Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler starts with the golf club about the driver about 20 degrees upright, and he raises the handle more than just about anybody we've seen. And he leans the shaft forward a little bit, and he really puts his center of mass forward. He's, he's pretty far in front of the ball when he hits it, and that he launches the ball very low, which makes it challenging for longer clubs and um, challenging for launch conditions. And so he doesn't maybe get to take advantage of the launch conditions like Jason Day does or Rory McIlroy, who get these wonderful launch conditions, or Dustin Johnson even, get these wonderful launch conditions and speed to where they can, you know, they really take advantage of the green and they make the green as big as possible because the way it's coming into the green. So an optical system is pretty unique. There's a lot of interesting data and some interesting implications for golfers and instructors. And there are some pretty cool examples and stories that Michael has to share, as well as other coaches that I know with gears. I'd say most of our teachers or coaches are, are using it for both uh, instruction and club fitting. And I think what Gears has done is it's it's created this unique, you know, definition of, hey, there is no such thing as instruction. There's no such thing as just club fitting. It's all the same thing. You can't move one without the other. And because we've tied the body to the club, and now we know what the body's doing to the club, you can't just club fit somebody and... I mean, you could give them a golf club that kind of fits them, but are they going to move their body around to compensate for that? Or what happens when you give a lesson and you move the handle or the grip around? Are you teaching them out of that golf club? What are you doing during instruction to cause the club to do what it's doing? And Gears is unique in that we've tied those two things together in the world of golf, right? We, we know what they're doing to each other. And so we've bridged that gap between fitting and teaching. I want to share with you the story of KVEST as well, as it's one of the companies that has been doing this work in the industry for a long, long time, and is worth hearing about the evolution of their technology and the company itself. So we got started about 15 years ago up in Ludlow, Vermont, a facility called Okemo Valley Golf Club, a great New England club. And really the frustration back at that time was just there wasn't a lot of technology in the market to really measure what golfers were doing. Uh, we actually had to pull in some technology at that time from the medical space. It was uh, an electromagnetic system, and we had to find some way to basically jerry-rig it to look at a golf movement because there was just really nothing out there. And once we saw the value in that and, wow, we can actually have data like, oh, the golf club's going you know, in this direction because of this body movement, and we were actually seeing that from the data, we definitely saw that there was going to be a huge uh, – a huge movement here going towards being able to to see what players were doing objectively. So that's when we set out. We we partnered with a company, got an inertial sensor, started building our own software, building out the education programs. Obviously, education was going to be super important to helping coaches uh, use this system in their programs because it was so new. But you know, for the first ten years, I would say there was a lot of emphasis on measure and assess, and there still is today. You know, with all the technologies in the market, force plates and pressure plates and launch monitors, right? We've got a lot of data coming at us. But, you know, the great thing now is we really have seen a shift in our focus 
And really our mission now is to be a human motion learning system company where the main focus is two things, helping coaches have more fun doing what they do, making their job easier, not making it so challenging to guess what they see on video to going, oh, wow, here's the data. Great. Now I know why the face and path or angle of attack or spin rates are doing this. But then they can actually build programs to help those players learn those movements in less time. And that's why, you know, kind of the transformation into a human motion learning system company, the measure and the assess is one side, but really making sure that we're getting the player outcomes is really important to us. And that's why we continue to build out the training portion of our software and provide the education that goes with it. So, hey, at the end of the day, we want to get in and out of measure and assess as quick as possible, get what we need, and then do what we do best, which is spend time with our players and athletes, helping them change these patterns so they can transfer the skills from the studio, you know, out to the golf course into competition when it matters most. Check out what they're doing. Uh, the technology and the software from KVEST has gone through some incredible growth over the past year or so. And in my experience, it's a dead, simple, and effective tool to use. And they've also been kind enough to sponsor this last season of the podcast and make everything we've done possible. So go check it out at kvest.com slash GSL. Watch some of the videos with different instructors, and they have an entire free course with Liam Mucklow as well. Also, you can learn more from Liam Mucklow at his website, mygolflab.ca. And a big thank you to Michael Neff from Gears for sharing the information on them. If you want to see the system in action, head over to gearssports.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure to head over to golfsciencelab.com slash insider. Get access to the content first and stay up to date on what we're documenting in golf science. This episode was hosted and written by me, Cordy Walker. You can follow me on Twitter at Cordy Walker. It was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Published Productions. Music includes Here's the Thing by Lee Rosevier, Attribution 4.0 International, Modulation of the Spirit by Little Glass Men, Attribution 3.0 United States, and Bialumina L2 by Little Glass Men, Attribution 4.0 International. And we'll see you all next week in the Golf Science Lab.